Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. We are going verse by verse through the book of Acts right now. We're in Acts chapter 13, verses 13 to 52 for today. Um, I'm glad you're with me. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, very much. Fireteam guys on Spotify, love you all. Sorry that Spotify is sometimes spotty. Don't understand it. Uh, I do the same thing every day, and I know some days you guys don't get that, so I apologize. Doing the best I can to troubleshoot that. Those of you on Facebook, uh, YouTube, those of you who are with me live, love you so much. Thank you. Acts chapter 13 is a really important uh, section because it really helps us, number one, get a really good idea of how Paul preaches to the Jews, and then uh, this is the moment when we understand his turn toward the Gentiles. So jump in with me. First off, uh, yesterday... We were talking about the, the way Saul's name was changed to Paul or the, the moment when he becomes known as Paul on the Gentile mission. Another <clears throat> transition you'll notice here in verse 14 is that whereas all the way up to this point, it's always been Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Saul. And we assume that the name order there. Uh, signifies uh, prominence, you know, who, who has status or prominence. In verse 14, it becomes Paul and Barnabas, and from now on, it's always going to be Paul and Barnabas. So Paul uh, now seems to have prominence and status over uh, the uh, more mature or the uh, person with more seniority. Barnabas has been a Christian longer, but here Paul takes prominence. Also, you'll notice they uh, leave her uh, Paphos by ship uh, for Pamphylia, land at the port town of Perga. And for some reason, this is the moment when John Mark left them. John Mark hasn't been with them very long. We just we just took him in chapter 12, in the last verse, and now he didn't make it through chapter 13. Um, we don't know why John Mark left. We do know that this is a very serious matter for Paul. And ultimately, this will lead to the uh, the parting of ways between Paul and Barnabas. Remember that John Mark and Barnabas are cousins or something. So we don't know. And uh, lots of people have ideas, but all they got is ideas <clears throat> because we all only have the same Bible. And it doesn't tell us why John Mark goes home, but John Mark goes home. It could just be, uh, we don't know. I don't know either. Um, but, uh, you know, what Luke describes here, just they traveled inland to the Antioch of, of, of Pisidia. Again, two Antiochs, Syrian Antioch and Pisidian Antioch. Uh, they have to be distinguished. It's like, you know, uh, you know, Paris, France, and Paris, Kentucky. <laughs> you, know, you gotta, you gotta be clear because it's two very different places, and uh, and indeed, uh, Antioch of, of of Pisidia is a very different place from Antioch of Syria. Uh, so Pisidian Antioch is where they are heading. But understand uh, that little journey where it says they went inland from from Perga. Uh, it's it's a it is a it is a trip now. It's it's about a hundred miles, but it is straight uphill. It's like uphill. Uh, uh, Antioch itself is like 3,600 feet above sea level, and it is straight up mountains to go from Perga to Antioch. So it's it's a trip. It's a, it's a difficult trip. When they get there on the Sabbath, they go straight to the synagogue for the services. Sounds almost like uh, Paul had made some arrangements to speak. It's almost like they were expecting him because they turn right around and ask him, uh, Paul and Barnabas, if they have a word for the group. Just understand, Antioch, uh, we're not in Jerusalem anymore, so it is Gentile world. Uh, and so the Jewish population in any of these cities from now on is going to be um, the minority. 
probably in many ways a dramatic minority. So they go to this synagogue because that's where the Jews will be. It's not just the place where the Jews will worship. Again, now that we're in the, 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 the diaspora, the scattering of the Jews, now that we're outside of Jerusalem, the synagogue is going to be the, the, the center for Jewish community, uh, education, uh, socializing, everything. For the Jews, the, the, the synagogue is going to be just their, their community center. And so if you want to connect with the Jews, if you want to meet the Jews in any of these you know, Roman cities, you're going to go to the synagogue. And so Paul always, and this will be his practice, he goes straight to the synagogue. He always begins with the Jews first. He goes straight to the synagogue. But I think this chapter here gives us a pretty good idea of how, <clears throat> how that goes. So he begins to preach to the Jews at the synagogue and also notice the God-fearing Gentiles. God-fearing Gentiles are those Gentiles who have uh, some affinity or some, uh, some drawing toward the God of the Jews, toward Yahweh, but, but they haven't proselyte, that they haven't converted, they haven't become Jews yet. In most cases, that means they haven't been circumcised. So the God-fearing Gentiles are there, the Jews are there, and Paul begins to preach. What strikes me, and I don't know, I don't know how you read this sermon of Paul, it has a lot in common with the other sermons in the book of Acts. Um, and, and basically what that means is these are, um, these are gospel presentations drawn from the Old Testament. And, and that's what makes them very intriguing to me. And especially Paul here, I love what Paul does here. Um, again, I'm fascinated because as a, as, a, as a Christian preacher, when I preach gospel, I, I'm usually going straight to the New Testament. That's easy for me. I go, to, I go to some place, some other place where Paul writes or preaches the gospel. I preach from Romans, you know, uh, any place. The gospel of John, I, I can take the New Testament and man, I can preach the gospel. Uh, but Paul can take the scriptures, which is the Old Testament, it's all he's got. And Paul can preach the gospel. And right here, man, he, he crushes the gospel. I mean, he does a really good job uh, from the Old Testament. He starts, as Peter did, as Stephen did, with this sort of a long introduction, uh, which sort of encapsulates something of the history of the Jews, uh, the, the Old Testament history of the Jews. I mean, he goes all the way back to Egypt, all the way back to the Jews, the children of Israel in Egypt as slaves and how they are led out of slavery, you know, by Moses, I mean, all the way back. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> Paul talks about the, the time of the judges. Uh, it sort of makes a beeline to David because David is where Paul wants to, uh, to, to sort of lay the groundwork for the gospel. David said that there'd be a, you know, that God, God said that David was a man after his own heart, but then there would be one after him who, who would take over the throne of David. And that's where Paul says, I'm going to tell you who that is. That is Jesus. Jesus is God's promised savior of Israel. Uh, so he ties those dots, connects Jesus in as the one who will follow on the throne of David. Uh, I'm also interested here when I read how Paul goes to, from there straight to John the baptizer. Um, John the baptizer, it's hard to know whether Paul considers John part of the Old Testament history or part of you know the coming of Jesus, and I think what is obvious is that he's the transitional figure. It's John the Baptizer who's like one of the Old Testament prophets, but who points the way to Jesus and indeed baptizes Jesus. And so, this is where Paul 
uh, you know, brings the gospel out. You know, John the baptizer said, this one coming, I'm not even qualified to, you know, buckle his sandals. And, uh, and so Paul says, brothers, you know, we're talking about Jesus here. Uh, the people in Jerusalem didn't recognize Jesus. I think that's a key line in verse 27. Remember how Stephen gets stoned, you know, gets killed for saying Jesus came and you killed him because he's still talking to the, the Jews in Jerusalem, right? You killed him, but now we're outside of Jerusalem. So, you know, it's a way of saying, yeah, those people in Jerusalem, they didn't know what they were doing. You know, it's, it's a very different kind of sermon in a sense when it's uh, the people in Jerusalem who killed him. And, and indeed, Paul is able to say that now and here. What I think is important for our day is, you know, how often, you know, you know racist, uh, you know, anti-Semites will want to blame Jews because they're all Christ killers. You know, the Jews killed Christ. But no, notice how even Paul here, uh, even in, in the New Testament, it's not all Jews. It's the Jews in Jerusalem when Jesus was there. I mean, it's a very specific group who killed Jesus. We know who they are. They were the ones, you know, in the Bible who, who killed him. Uh, Paul doesn't assign guilt and blame to all the Jews for all time. It's just the ones in Jerusalem. Uh, and I think that's interesting here in his sermon. He goes from there, as you notice, to you know, bring in the invitation. We're here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. You know, your sins. Uh, and uh, anyway, Paul has the invitation. Uh, notice at the end of the day, uh, they sort of say, hey, we'd like to hear more about this. Maybe you can come back. Uh, we, we'd love to hear you come back next week and, and, and pick this up and talk again. I, I don't know if, if that's just polite, you know, if it's sort of a casual, uh, shallow kind of interest or if they're really, you know, drawn to the gospel. I don't know. All I know is by the next week, it's a very different situation. And this is where the chapter wraps up. The next week, this synagogue is packed. I mean, they come right back to the synagogue. But uh, gosh, the Gentiles are going, you know, crazy for the gospel. They love the gospel and they understand that they're included in this. This this Old Testament story that leads to Jesus leads right to the Gentiles being brought in and they're all about it. But the Jews don't like that. So uh, recognize that. The, the Jews see the crowds and, and the crowds are Gentiles because I remind you, the city has come out. That's what it says. Almost the entire city comes, but almost the entire city is Gentile. And so the Jews see the Gentile response and they don't like it. They get jealous, Luke says. And so uh, uh, the, the, the persecution begins from the Jewish side and Paul and Barnabas, they, they do the best they can to, uh, to, to try to preach the word. But ultimately they recognize that uh, that the gospel may be to the Jew first, but it's also the Gentile. And so from that point on, they just turn and preach to the Gentiles and the Gentiles love it. They respond to the gospel. Um, understand that doesn't mean that Paul's never going to preach the gospel to a Jew again. Of course he will. He will always go to the synagogue first and preach. But when the Jews, re you know, when the Jews re reject Jesus, he will shake the dust off his feet and turn and preach it to the Gentiles. That will be Paul's evangelistic strategy from city to city. This is how Paul and Barnabas will do it. Go to the synagogue first, but when the Jews don't listen, no problem. Shake the dust off. You go straight to the Gentiles and you preach the gospel to whosoever will believe, right? Uh, so I love that. Pick up right here tomorrow. Chapter 14, verses 1 to 28. Paul and Barnabas will go to Iconium. 
Uh, I, I love all of this. I, I love the missionary record here in report. Uh, this, all the stories are so good. So tomorrow, chapter 14, verses 1 to 28, I think that's the whole chapter. So uh, you can do it. One whole chapter for tomorrow. I will see you then, 10 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, for Tim with Tim. Uh, did I say I love you? Man, I, I love all you guys. Thank you for being in the Word with me. Stay in it, and I'll see you tomorrow.